Hello everybody and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 8, issue 381, and today we're going to be talking about Observer. You can play along with our show. We have podcasts coming up on the following games, Final Fantasy 12. After that, it's Metal Gear Solid 5 Ground Zeroes. We're just doing Ground Zeroes in that show and then we're going to do the Phantom Pain later this year now. After that, it's Super Hot and some talk, I'm sure, of Super Hot VR. Then we follow up our Prey 2006 show with our Prey 2017 podcast. And after that, we return to a series we just occasionally revisit. And this time we're catching up with the now five years old Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Head to canorince.com for the schedule up until the end of the year, as well as links to all our other outlets and things that we produce. And remember, you can get every show a week earlier often although not always extended and an exclusive monthly podcast if you support us it's incredibly useful if you do and we recommend the minimum of a dollar a month or more if you can and are able to uh, patreon.com slash that's like 82p a month or 22 20p a week or something like that uh, less than a euro a month for all the extra stuff and the knowledge that you're very much helping us out we have other podcasts as well, Sound of Play on Wednesdays, Playwright on Thursdays and The Sausage Factory on Fridays. If you enjoy this show, you should definitely subscribe, rate and review this one and those ones on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your audio media. You can even subscribe via RSS and Smart Speaker and all that stuff. And this show is even on Spotify for your convenience. But you can always download and stream any and all of our old podcasts from canarince.com if you can't get them via your service of choice. We also have some video stuff on Twitch and then archived on Twitch and YouTube in some cases. Subscribe to both and keep your eyes on our social media for when that is going ahead. Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, we have presence on all of those and join in the fun. Now joining me, Leon Cox, in issue 381 are Jacob Geller. Synchrazine administered. Hello. John Salmon. Hello. And Tony Atkins. Hello. Observer is, in by my reckoning, a first-person cyberpunk noir psychological horror. <laughs> it's a bit of a genre mashup, I think we'll say, and we'll get into how and why that manifests as we go along. But first, as is traditional, we just go through uh, when and how we played this game, how recently and how intimately we know it, and so on and so forth. Let's start with John. Can I throw to Tony? Because we're kind of the same on this. Mm. And he's probably more eloquent than I am. <laughs> now, you are almost... I mean, I, this is one of the games I picked for the show. Um, for the reasons of that... Uh, this is why, for a good while, I was listening to Waypoint Radio. Um, uh, a, you know, pretty good podcast. And this was one of the games that they were uh, eulogising for quite a long time. Um, and it just sounded fascinating to me that, that as we said the, the matchup of kind of the cyberpunk and the investigation and just the look and the feel of what they were describing on their podcast as we like to do here is hopefully it can if you, even if you not play the game if you're tuning in it can inspire you to check out something that was you know not necessarily on your radar before but yeah they did such a good job there it was um it, ma- it made me want to check out and because of that uh me and John got together and we popped around his house one hot, ste- I was about to say hot steamy night and that sound make it sound way more interesting than it was. But it was a definitely, it was like now, it was, you know, it was a hot night and we popped in 
Um, and um, and we sat down to play this, John, didn't we? Uh, yeah, we did. I was I had listened to the Waypoint show, but it hadn't struck me quite the same way that Tony had. I don't think because I I remember him talking about it and being like, oh, yeah, yeah, I sort of remember them talking about that. But it was probably at a time when you know I was listening to it, but super busy at the same time. It didn't sink in quite as much. Um, but my uh, my good friend who I account share with on the Xbox had mentioned to me, oh, have you heard about that game that's got <laughs> Rutger in it? Uh, I think I'm going to buy that. And I was, okay, fine, you you want to buy it, you go ahead and buy it. I mean, it's fairly expensive and it was pretty new at the time. Um, and he bought it. And then when Tony started talking about it, I was like, I think I've got that game. I'm pretty sure that that installed on my Xbox one day. Maybe we should just, uh, you know, have a have a go on it and we did we sat down for was it like two three hours maybe yeah they, uh, you know we'll talk how we got on with the game but the first blush of that game is bizarre and if you're not necessarily in the mood well we were in the mood for it but it it certainly i don't think it was what we were quite expecting it's, mm. it's not something that you just sort of sit Dip down in. and have yeah, a laugh it's... with your mate with it's very intense and i remember yeah. that we got to the got to the first um like storyline uh, plug into somebody else section, mm-hmm. and I remember going through that and just thinking, "Man, we can't, we I can't." I think we were both drifting off, weren't we? This. It was, yeah. yeah, like this is too, too much, much and it was like yeah. midnight <laughs> at that point, and and maybe we maybe we hadn't quite expected how how heavy it was going to be, mm. um, but yeah, between that and some of the strange, like getting used to the weird control scheme and the, I remember sitting in that apartment, that first one you go into at the beginning, like messing around with all the different vision settings, going, "What on earth is this?" Mm. So, I mean, I guess it was quite good having, like, two of us, you know, trying to sleuth it out together, but it's not really that type of game, unfortunately. It wasn't, so. but it, it was one of those games that then lodged into the back of my head um, mm. that just kept just kept niggling, even though, like, the first experience we had was not necessarily off-putting, was just a bit like, mm, okay, well, I'm not sure whether this is something I want to play or not, but I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Um, and when yeah. it came to the opportunity to... To know that you know, if we put it on the Kane and Rinch schedule, and I thought there's enough there to make a really interesting Kane and Rinch show, just from what I'd known about it and and played little I played of it, it was a really good excuse to to stick it on the schedule and and bring others in, and that there seemed to be a good response from people wanting to to see it happen. So um, yeah, I mean, I me personally, I've been playing it this week for you know in preparation for the show, and you know pretty much doing everything you can do in it. So and I know John, I think you've played it twice through, so. You know, we eventually got there, you know, yeah, a year or so later. Right. Yeah, exactly the same. It's what 18 months or so mm. since we sat down that evening. And I've not been able to stop thinking about it ever since. I keep thinking in my head like, oh, that's that strange thing with the all the weird nightmare sequences and stuff. I really want to see how that continues. And it was, yeah, very much for me, like, I want to go back to this. I want to go back to this. I need to find the time to get back onto it. And then when it got added to the schedule, well, then then it kind of, it puts you into a time frame, doesn't it? You think, well, I can stop thinking about it now until a few weeks beforehand, and then it will be like there. Might as well mark it on the calendar, like early July. This is when I'm going to play Observer. And yeah, I, I ran through it twice. I did a very like interesting blind playthrough, not really knowing anything about what was going on, and then a, another to sort of mop up and see bits and pieces i hadn't seen and and we should say this is probably a seven to ten hour game depending on how methodical one is going through it or how many times one fails at the uh the stealth and horror sections but uh did you both play it on the xbox one then uh yes i okay. did um I, but i have done my due diligence and, and seen it running 
at the yeah the on the higher end PC to see okay. uh, to see what and there yeah there there is some difference there. <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah, Jacob, how about you? When did you play it, and for how long, and on what? Um, well, I I first heard about this game around when it came out, kind of under the guise of why aren't more people talking about Observer? <laughs> you know, it seemed it seemed like a lot of people were saying that it was quote unquote underrated. Um, and so I I put it on my wish list and I played it last summer on the PC and and was surprised going back to it just about a week ago to replay it for the show that I had almost no memory of it. Like I I played through and beat the entire thing. And then when I started up, I was like, I don't remember any of this. Um, So I'm glad that I replayed it through. Um, So I've played it twice. Both both on PC um, and yeah, as as we will get into, I had a fairly fairly easy time running it both times. Right. Cool. Yeah, uh, I remember the name starting to be knocked around. Uh, just not necessarily with the why isn't anyone talking about this sort of uh, narrative, but just more the here's this interesting new game. It's probably not going to be like a massive massive hit, but uh, I remember it coming out on PC and I remember adding it to my Steam wish list. Never got around to buying it on Steam, and I think it sat on my wish list for years, uh, maybe a couple of years, and then it came to Game Pass. So uh, I took it off my Steam wish list. Didn't really, wasn't really aware of technical difficulties at that point, but uh, you know, saved me a few pounds. So uh, and then when Tony put it forward for this season, I thought that was my excuse to finally play it, and I played it several weeks ago now, and I'm also having the just as I was coming to this show, I even made the I made this uh, document, the show notes up several weeks ago as well. So uh, I might need a, new, a few aid memoirs, but it sounds like it's uh, it sounds like it's all fairly immediate, at least for uh, for the rest of you. Um, you've done your uh, done your refreshers and so on and so forth. I'm sure it'll all come flooding back. So, so does this mean that nobody has played any of the previous um, games by this dev team? That's my next question. Right. I mean, Layers of Fear is probably the most relevant one. But perhaps most amusingly to me, uh, the designer, Wojciech uh, Pieszko, or Pieko, forgive me, my Polish is not strong, uh, was the designer on the runaway success that was Doodle Jump, the hmm. uh, the kind of breakout uh, mobile hit. A lot of connective got... tissue oh, between yeah. Doodle oh. Jump and Observe. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, but then there's those mini games uh, in the uh, in the defense of, right. uh, of, of his. But yes, um, it's a bit of a stretch, but. I wonder, yeah, I wonder how well he did out of that. I don't know if um, if he made a, a lot of money because they that Doodle Jump has been made into like coin ops that you find in family game centers and stuff like that. I think it was pretty pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah, I think if he uh, got any cut of that, he would be a millionaire at this point. I mean, I imagine yeah. that Doodle Jump has made more money than God. <laughs> uh, they also worked, uh, or he worked on Carmen San Diego Adventures in Math, um, a couple of those games. Uh, but yeah, probably the most pertinent one is the previous Bloober Team game, which I I haven't played. It's it's uh, it's in my library as part of Games with Gold Layers of Fear, but I think it was something of a a YouTube hit. It was it was the kind of game that squealing YouTubers play along and their punters watch and laugh as they get scared. It's that kind of deal. Okay, I mean, yeah, that sounds about right. Some I've people seen like bits it. and pieces of it from yeah, like not just rubbish screamy YouTubers, but more sure. channels like Eurogamer yeah. and stuff like that doing yeah, yeah. sort of playthroughs of it. So I've I've heard quite a bit about it, and it's another one. Yeah, it was on Games with Gold, but of course I'd already bought it and I bought yeah. the DLC for it because right. you know 
I'm a sucker like that. I just buy okay. things and think I've that played. one day I'm going to get around to playing it's them. It's well respected enough. I, d- I I know it's there's plenty of people saying it has flaws. Um, yeah, I've yeah. played I've played about an hour and a half of it, and it's kind of a kind of a one trick pony. You know, it's it's not bad, but it's certainly not uh, groundbreaking in any way. I remember we put a story about it on our Facebook page, and some of the only comments were kind of. Well, this game wasn't scary. All it's got is jump scares or or this kind of stuff. So I don't know. I mean, I think I think it must have done all right for them. But Observer generally, although it takes some of the the ideas forward and certainly some of the jump scares, uh, it seems to me, based on not having played Layers of Fear, that Observer was a more ambitious product in terms of actually telling a story and uh, and having some more kind of in depth mechanics and things like that in there. Published by Aspire. Uh, as well and with music by the excellently named the i'll mangle arcadius raykovsky this was first released on uh, windows and ps4 and xbox one so it did come out simultaneously on the three uh, in august 2017 but i think i thought of it as a pc game early on even though i didn't know that there were issues with the port Uh, mac and linux versions arrived in October that year, Limited Run Games released a physical version for PS4 in July 2018, and most recently a Switch version has arrived, because everything comes to the Switch, February 2019. Don't know how that one's doing technically. Uh, reviews-wise, the PC version had the most reviews with, and averages around 83%. The Xbox One version only had a handful of reviews, but actually averaged slightly higher. Don't know if it was a case where it's slightly higher because there were fewer reviews or maybe they were assured that technical issues would be ironed out and so on. But the, the PS4 version is down there with 73%, which maybe does reflect some of the technical issues and the Switch versions on 74%. So, and those things may or may not hamper your enjoyment. So let's talk about those briefly now. I haven't played the PC version, but I gather it runs butter smooth and without problems if you've got a machine that meets the spec it it crashed on me one time um (laughs) but that's i mean if a game only crashes on me once through my like 13 (laughs) hours that seems fine i didn't i didn't really have any problems with it fair enough but yeah the so i played it on xbox one x which is as we know the most powerful console dedicated games machine ever made and yet uh (laughs) and yet the... I, don't, I don't know if it's X enhanced though. To be fair, so it could just be. <laughs> uh, no, but 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 it should still at least be enhanced by the faster processor. And things I'm not like defending that, right? it. I'm just... No, sure. No, I don't think they've made any uh, any attempt, and it sounds like they possibly haven't even made any attempt to fix it. Now I don't know how, by comparison, the PS4, the like the the base Xbox yes, One version yeah. runs or the PS4 version runs, but the Xbox One X version. For me, it wasn't ruinous, but uh, there are some severe stutters when entering new areas. And I had one crash, which was, it seems to be a bug, like an, it's an actual gameplay bug that if you do a certain sequence of actions in a particular order, which I think John and I both did exactly the same thing, the game completely Ooh, kicks you out to... Yep. Um, to, after it's a you choice. come out of yeah. the, the, um, the woman strapped into the chair. Yes. Yeah, once you same for me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. That. So yes, there is a there is a an actual proper locked in to the code bug in there that crashes the game to yeah. console, uh, you know, to back to console OS or whatever, which is uh, which is shoddy because this game, you know, it's been out for for a couple of years. 
surely a patch for something relatively straightforward like that. Even if they can't fix the stuttering and whatever else, which I think they probably could. Uh, it does feel a little but, shonky and lazy, and it it damages the experience without ruining it. As far as I'm yeah, concerned. so so my overall um, experience is I had three hard locks, so complete wow. complete locks of the console reset. I didn't have any of those apart from the actual crash, and obviously numerous frame rate issues. It seems it actually seems to be really front heavy for that stuff. But this seems to be the further I got into the game, whatever for whatever reason it got slightly more performance base wise. But yeah. actually what what confused me, and this wasn't until um, I went off and had a look at you know what how this game was looking on PC, and because it was like hey, you can play this in sixty frames per second, blah blah blah. So I I, I jumped to have a look, and I I honestly could have said it was a different game because the res right. I don't know what the resolution is on on you know the console port of it, but mm. it you know it certainly wasn't running at sixty frames per second, and I think the guy no. was playing it in fourteen forty p. It was looking spanky and glowy and lots of lighting. It looked pretty nice it looked, on Xbox One. It looked okay. In static and, and, and when oh, it wasn't no, no, chugging. Visually. Yeah, I never um, have any complaints about that stuff. Like the art design-wise, it looked, you know, there's so much I want to say about that. But yeah, I just think, you know, it, clearly it could run better. But obviously, you know, you take these, these knocks when you bring down stuff down to consoles. But even if visually it had to take a downgrade in, in kind of the resolution um, point, it shouldn't be hard locking consoles, oh, gosh, consoles no, up. No. Um, I even had the thing when I tried to launch the game, it just relaunched back to the dashboard. Yeah, right. Um, oh, that happens quite a lot for me with various just, oh, things. Yeah. So it just hangs for a few seconds and then it's like, nah, try it again. Yeah. But Xbox like I say, more than not, PS4 for that. not ruinous, but surprise. Disappointing. Yeah. And yes, a little immersion damaging, I would say, in places. So mm. yeah, if you can, if you've got the kit, play it on PC. It doesn't, it seems unlikely that they'll, Fix it all up now, no, not two now, years no. down the line. As I say, can't swear to the Switch version, which you would imagine would be the the one that would struggle the most, as it tends to be well, you, the you, least powerful console. You would wonder, though. I mean, for sure, but obviously they have to do some work to get it onto the Switch. Exactly. So I do, I you so do wonder whether they just, you know, they yeah. take out some of the more visual flare effects that would bring. Yeah. I think it's stuff like um, the particle effects. If you walk past like Steam and stuff on the on the yeah on the Xbox version, was the case of where it started. To chug down, so but I, I felt think, more yeah. like it was just to do with transitioning. It wasn't even that the the, the machine couldn't handle the the visuals. It was more that it was having some issue with actually bringing the next areas into memory mm. and kind of rather than hey, uh, yeah, like I don't funny. know. I'm not I'm not I'm not technical and I haven't done the digital foundry analysis on it, but uh, but I do wonder. Anyway, that's there. That's your public information. Uh, I did mutter a spoiler warning in there at some point, but I'll do it again because we will talk about the. The story as we go further through, it is spoilable, uh, if we can remember all the details <laughs> anyway. Uh, we'll talk about the ending. Uh, but let's talk about the visuals. We've already mentioned them a little. It's an Unreal Engine 4 game. And yes, playing on the Xbox One, despite those technical issues from an aesthetic point of view and an art design, I thought it did a pretty good job of uh, conjuring up the scenario of the game, which is this 2084 Krakow Poland uh, post-World War Three cyberpunk retro future tech world very enjoyable and uh we've seen stuff like it before but i think they they did it they did it a, a good service yeah they have really the the kind of like level of of detail and like texture that they give some of these locales is really impressive um sometimes there are games especially on like newer engines like unreal where it's like technically the lights look really good but where they're standing is kind of 
barren or boring, but this, you know, you'll frequently be crawling through tunnels that are just, like, just drenched in cables and, like, you know, wires and, and stuff. And, and also, there are, as you mentioned, these incredible transitions where it will, you'll be in one scene and then you'll just be in another kind of instantly. And, and that's a pretty difficult thing for a game to do, I've gathered, because you're essentially mm. like loading two different things simultaneously. Um, so yeah, I think um, being, you know, having the pleasure of playing this on a machine that just ran it as it was supposed to, um, I think this is a, a really technically good looking game. And I'm not sure, I don't know what the budget was, but as yeah, many of these, many of the aspects of the game feel kind of double a you know like not not quite as highly funded yeah. as it could have in been in a good way though i think that suits this title like that it's, yeah you know, and, and they a. really like mm. they really nailed it on you know i think they knew the scale of what they were going for so you don't have like a whole open world to explore but you've got these very intimate spaces and those mm. spaces are very well realized well back to back to what's saying about double a I, I think the reason this excels as a double a title rather than the triple a title is that occasionally you find yourself tripping over bits in a scene like in the scenery because there's just clutter everywhere mm -hmm. in a triple a title like oh no you can't do that and i think um quite often you know less is more in, in this respect at first i was quite confused by the mechanic of like i'm in this world and yes there's lots of interactions but it's basically talking to people investigating them behind a closed door yeah and when you when you think about that it's like well why spend the money animating all this you know, other stuff when, you know, essentially you can get the same amount of information from basically just a, a static image of a door. Now, that sounds weird out of context, but yeah, you can see probably where that saved them a huge amount of money because they just need to animate. I think it's the, the janitor, isn't it? The uh, of the building. Um, so you can see where they probably made cut costs in exercises. And but for me, it's paid off because, you know, we have talked so much about environmental storytelling on this uh, show and this is one of the absolute best examples of that because it's just a well that you wonder what's happened it, it's a you learn so much about the well one the characters that you're investigating against but just the society and the way that this world looks do you know when you get the the idea of kind of like i don't know dystopian world and it, it's you think about um worlds where it's like technology has embraced it and the people in that world have also embraced technology, but there's some hiccups. It feels almost like this world has, has gone through that phase and come out the other side broken, and there's almost no way of fixing it. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's mm. almost gone too far. You look at the people in this apartment block and you just think, oh my God, like yeah. there's a reason why every door is shut with 15 locks on the front of it. It's because it's, I mean, if you read a lot of the stuff, you understand this is just basically like the e-cart class of slums. It's just the police don't come there anymore. But because of that, nobody's looking after this building. The, the janitor, half robot, half man. But even him, like his bits of arm, like there's tissue on there, but it's not really particularly well danced. Yeah, I love the way his, his yeah, sort of just... fake skin is, is so yeah. obviously kind so of non-organic or semi-organic. But or the way I love that, it's like, Clearly, it's like a technologically advanced, what, the, what we know, like even imagine what that is now. But the technology never got far enough beyond that. It's just like bits, they never finished the job on, on so much. It's yeah. like, that's good enough. That's how much. Well, we crucially, can as well as World War Three in this scenario, we've also had this 
with this cautionary tale that is the nanophage, which mm. is effectively where our we've we've caught uh, as a as a race as a species, apart from the few I can't remember what they call them, but the the purists who won't you know soil themselves with any artificial parts. We've we've become so reliant and obsessed with having augmented parts to our body that that we've uh, we've made ourselves sick with them. There's this plague basically, which. Uh, which eats us from the inside out, and messes up our bodies and minds. Mm, it made me think of like a sort of an immune system response to you're putting all these um, you right. know, augmentations into your body, and your body's fighting back and yeah, destroying human itself. Human DNA from the wasn't ever designed for that level of uh, you know adjustment. Mm. Like it's... yeah, I think that's yeah. The idea, yeah, it is like a fascinating situation though. Like you've got this one tenement block, really, is your only location that you go to, or real world location that yes. you go to in the game. And it's clearly like, you know, this hovel, this almost squat-like building where the people who live there, uh, as you say, like C-class citizens. Yeah, well, they get put into classes, don't they, as a society, so they they don't hit the grade, essentially. Yeah, it's grotesque and it's oppressive. Yeah, it feels like it's some horrible, like, authoritarian, Orwellian situation where, yeah, these people have just been dumped on and they're, you know, their building that they live in is barely, it's like one rung above being actively homeless. Um, with just like walls smashed through and the building kind of feels like a, a sort of an ant nest or a warren or something that's just been hastily constructed and no real thought or care has really gone into it. Um, and it's it's one of these situations where with a lot of um, sort of sci-fi dystopian things like this, I want to see the rest of this world. You know, this could be like one part of this story. I want to see the you know, sort of the elite in society and the A-class. And it, it's, it's such an odd... Um, thing to draw to and i will apologize in advance for anybody who may be offended but it reminds me of when i first saw that crappy 1995 judge dread movie when he's got um rob schneider yeah. when they put him on the right, like the helicopter thing and they're flying him to his his new home and it's going through all these like fantastic looking skyscrapers with like people in a pool on the top he's like oh oh this looks great and they just sort of flies underneath the smog level down mm-hmm. to like a riot zone on the street it's like that i want to see what the the alternative of this yeah. is it reminds Mega me city of... one was always yeah. like that i think and, and midgar of course as well. it's definitely nothing new it's been done you know it's in so many pieces of uh literature or fiction and whatever it may be um so i don't think it is anything new but it's i think they've embraced it like wholeheartedly in the in the way that every corridor just has you know it's like someone's throwing a fridge outside there their corridor outside their building and just left it there no one's going to clean it up so it just sits there kind of rotting inside and all their semi-living organic vr organ farm you know yeah 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 (laughs) i I do think that you know if if you want to see what the rest of this world likes and and i can you know be the first of the three thousand references to it we'll have this podcast but like (laughs) it is blade runner you know it's like is it is it could not be more directly blade runner from the kind of like giant advertisements on the sides of buildings to the like opening dialogue crawl where it says his job title in red at the end mm. like it is yeah. you know it it does it very well and i don't think that it should you know i i think that you can take direct inspiration and still make something new but like boy this thing is blade runner yeah, Blade Runner crack off, and obviously they desperately wanted the people behind this desperately wanted to work with somebody who was in Blade exactly, Runner, and, yeah. and they did just that. 
Uh, also, another nod, I think, uh, while it's not necessarily prevalent throughout the entire game, there are also pieces of music uh, among the pieces uh, which use uh, very specifically a, a very similar, I guess, probably not if you're a music muso expert, but an analog synth. Uh, very much like the sound of the one that Bangelis used for the for the Blade Runner score. Mm. So while there's a lot of uh, there's there's a lot of um, sort of more I guess you'd say industrial almost sort of Trent Reznorish kind of stuff for the horror sequences and things like that. There's just occasional little um, motifs and and uh, chord progressions of of this this wash of analog synth, which also evokes Blade Runner. I think it rains at a couple of points as well. Um, but in terms of seeing the other uh, other parts of the world, there is that there are bits when you get to uh, when you go inside other people's brains, which is obviously one of the key USPs of the game. Is you get to uh, go inside other people's uh, psyches and see observe. what they saw, observe either what they saw, yeah, just before they died. Uh, normally, in most cases, um, and there's a bit where you're out in a field and there's all these uh, hovering aerial watchers and. And all this stuff. So even, I mean, obviously that's another area, and you're performing uh, some terrorist activity as far as the the state is concerned. But it still feels, I'm sure there is an elite strata of society somewhere, but uh, but everywhere feels dark and oppressive. Mm. I th- I, one of the things I really like um, visually about this game is the way that do you know how houses are built in the way that you know over the years you learn whether it's important because you know crops were a thing or you know society you know we needed a courtyard for this and yada 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 and as right. years gone past i love this apartment building it's just about wires it's about the incon- interconnectivity of being able to get to the net in this thing mm. and it's what for whatever it doesn't matter it's like just punch a hole through a wall throw you know 50 well, it makes me laugh that none of this is wireless but just throw fifty thousand cables through this building and it's just cluttered with how yeah. i imagine eventually the most important thing in everybody's life is is you know to connect but in this in this sense seem to not just connect but to escape the world which you know the reality that they live in connect and disconnect mm. yeah simultaneously so yeah also on the subject then of the uh, of the scenario and the setting well we've already mentioned Rutger Hauer the key piece of casting his face is in the game we should acknowledge of course that uh, sadly between us deciding we were doing this show and playing the game and coming to record it Rutger Hauer the actor sadly has passed away and um as well as being iconic for for Roy Batty in um in Blade Runner for a lot of us kids of a certain age in the UK and perhaps other regions he was iconic as the Guinness man in uh, in 80s adverts where he was effectively the cool embodiment of a pint of Guinness with his uh, all black outfit and shock of uh, almost white blonde hair uh, and also the hitcher as well of course uh, a psychopath um and a few other a few other notable roles but um obviously yes i I am sad that he's passed away not terribly old in his mid 70s um but that's not going to stop me from actually questioning the casting or the directing of (laughs) him in this game um daniel lazarski is a pole um i assume based on the age of his son he's supposed to be around 50 or 60 something maybe pushing it but he sounds like a 70 something year old dutchman um, which would, you know, it's it's okay. We can work we can work with that to an extent. But every all other NPCs in the game are American, I think, American sounding. So that seems weird. Either you go with one accent or all different accents, maybe, or go just 
I would have liked the Polish speech option uh, as it's a Polish game. Um, but mainly my issue with, like, I think his actual voice, his the timbre of his voice, he, you know, the voice he was born with and given is great. It's It works perfectly for this hard-bitten, laconic, noir detective. But the age of his voice and I think the direction, I it feels to me like he was directed by somebody who was in awe of him and didn't want to say, can we have another go at that, Rutger? Because that one sounded like you didn't really know what you were saying or why you were saying it. There's a lot of lines to me where he seems, rather than just kind of world-weary, he seems half, half-hearted half and semi-interested. But I don't know. Is that, is that just me? No, he's made he's made this very odd choice, and I do think it's a it's a choice of his character, um, where he kind of he kind of feels like he's falling asleep or like just kind of ran right. up a set of stairs at the end of like every every line. So he kind of says everything. <laughs> he's like Daniel Lazarski, you know, and he like he he just he just feels so exhausted more than mm. like he doesn't seem world weary he just seems like he kind of needs a weary. nap um yeah. and and you know there is an extent to which it is you know it's, it's interesting to have a character who's like seen it all before or whatever sure. but since we have seen none of this before there are many scenes where where you're going through d bizarre and horrifying scenarios and I was really kind of annoyed that he wasn't reacting in in what I felt was like any kind of recognizably human way. You know, mm. like, why isn't he scared by any of this? Why doesn't he think this is disturbing? And I guess the answer could be because this is just the status quo. Yeah, but it, he's seen it a thousand times before. And his brain is all messed up. Right, but it's but it's kind of it's a disappointing character trait because like yeah. I want I want him to be shocked because since he's not and I am, I just feel completely disconnected from the character. Yeah. He comes uh, he he gets to do a bit of actual emotion when he comes across the disembodied disembodied head of his his own son. Uh, and obviously there are mitigating circumstances as regards to who he is. He's he's messed up. He's taking this synchrozine substance to keep himself vaguely uh, on the on the straight level because he's got all these implants which enable him to go into other people's brains and it's messed him up and and so on and so forth. But yeah, there were there were points where I just I just wish that the director would have had the uh, I it, it, uh, as well as the or thing which i do wonder because they clearly wanted to make a blade runnery game with rutger Hauerin. i also wonder if maybe they only had a limited amount of time with him on the recording session maybe yeah, it was a remote recording I session as well so one of the things that doesn't help and i think it helps any actor uh, per se is that there's a lot of you know, obviously had, i wouldn't call them dialogue trees but there's multiple choice dialogue yes, options true, true. um quite often you need to pick them all anyway so but you know, even so they're it means that there there isn't a script that flows like a script. There's a lot of uh, I always call it the football line um, commentary association, which is yeah. back in the back in the day uh, yeah. you'd be doing one thing, and then it would have to out the the catalogue of phrases need to pick yeah. whichever team or who just scored yeah, per se. So it just yes. it's, it feels very much like can you read this line? I've read this line that goes into the bank uh, and then gets used. Uh, and I yeah, you do wonder whether that's just actually poor directing because if you're going to have quite a heavy voice over the game then set that stuff up better or mm. just yeah, you didn't have the time or any of that stuff 
it's not great. For me, it wasn't a killer. It was just one of those, like, like you went to all this effort and it's kind of a phoned-in performance. And it's it's a shame, <laughs> once again. Possibly. A bit, a bit like, yeah, a bit like the performance of the game. It's a, yeah, his performance is, it's a shame rather than uh, yeah. completely breaking. But, yeah. John, are you going to buck the trend? Were you overly thrilled with his input? I wouldn't say I was overly thrilled with it, but I feel that I'm very... Um... Just very forgiving of any of these issues that come up with games. I tend to play something and I'll either find something, latch onto something that I really dislike about it, which is generally if it just, you know, rubs me up the wrong way for, you know, some reason, mm-hmm. or I'll just kind of accept that, Go you know, all the, yeah, all the little things here, the subpar voice acting maybe. And, you know, you're talking about the little glitches and sort of staggering effects and things. I just kind of, Unless it's really severe, I just sort really? of look at it and, sure. yeah, I just gloss over it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly couldn't help but notice that it feels very flat, it's, a lot of the voice acting. Yeah. But now I was going to say, with that, it was also really sporadic across the board. It's not like, you know, he's the only one phoning in some stuff. There's some really good voice acting behind some of those doors, but there's, mm-hmm. some, there's also some that just... Bit you know, hammy, bit radio yeah, play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like going to almost, ask you about the other... Almost ties the, in. Mm. I think um, one of the challenging aspects of it, and I've come to realize that this is all animation, but it's like no one's in the same room as each other. You know, like they all record their lines independently and really good voice actors. You would never know because it's like this is their skill set and they feel like they're talking to each other. But for whatever reason in this game, it really felt like they weren't in the same room as each other. And these characters Mm. would have conversations where each one had like radically different energies when they were talking to each other. And it, it just felt like, again, maybe a direction thing. It was like they were acting out two different scenes and then the game just kind of like pushes them together. And, and a lot of them felt really inorganic. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. But overall, uh, talking about the other, both the supporting cast and the uh, and the sort of well NPCs that you do come across, uh, is there any yeah anything else to be said in terms of their place in the story? Even if we if we want to start getting into that um, with Daniel and his son and the the fact that he uh, he starts the game obviously uh, just I guess out on patrol or whatever, and he's getting some instructions from his uh, his superiors. Uh, and then he's interrupted as his son hacks in his estranged son, if I recall re- correctly, uh, and says that he basically needs to needs to commune with him about something. Um, and later we find that uh, he's uh, he's already dead and he's basically inserted himself uh, electronically into the network. Uh, and um, but it takes it takes our our hero or antihero perhaps uh, a number of rather yeah disturbing uh attempts at interfacing with the dead and the brains of the dead and the dying to see uh their their tra- retracing their past steps so you've got this almost procedural kind of thing going on and that I, that was the element that compelled me the most personally was the going from crime to crime scene to crime scene uh i think when i heard about the game i think i i, I think i was less aware of the kind of the, the first person stealth survival horror aspects and more about the the idea that this was a procedural walking simulator if you will dialogue trees and uh and just sort of examining the environment almost um phoenix right or la noir-esque uh 
and um you know the stuff with the the switching between the bio bio and tech visions and uh examining the surrounding areas for clues i really liked all that a lot but i felt like it was a bit uh, it was all a bit linear there was very little actual um of the puzzle around so it's probably more like la noir than it was phoenix right in that regard in that there's no actual need to kind of make your own deductions and tie things together. I was hoping for some DNA analysis and things like that. But actually, you examine a big pool of blood and it says, this is a big pool of blood. And sometimes you get to follow it like a, you know, like a dripping trail. But you don't get to send, you don't get to, an, you know, analyze uh, DNA fragments and and kind of, that. I think they could have done a lot more with that, as, as fun as that side of things was for me. Having played crime scene investigation uh, games in in the past, <laughs> yeah, that don't don't count on too much of what you wish for because some of that stuff is really as dry. But I, right, I'm also not gonna completely disagree with you that you know there there is a lot of just find the uh, the link in the puzzle to send you to the next area, uh, mm. essentially, be it through you know, your two visions or not. But once again, I think it's how much of that stuff that you um maker because quite often it's it's like well you can just scan straight for the brain cell chip and you know hook into these guys straight away absolutely possible you can do a speed run of this game pretty damn quickly okay. but equally um you know i'm speak i know i'll probably speak for john because he would have done the same for me when he was hunting for all the different things in the environments for the achievements because i i found myself looking through apartments and even though i knew what the answer was I would still kind of go into the, the, the you know cabinets and open them up and and kind of just rummage through people's belongings and go into the computer and read the the email file trace, traces even though I knew that that particularly didn't have anything to to progress my case I found some of those uh, email you know jumping into people's computers and and reading about their lives in this world and what they were doing for money and essentially the kind of the grander how they got themselves killed in the first place um Although that's kind of all tied together, and some of that is kind of superfluous in the in the grand scheme of how the story plays out, but just to see how these people, in particular, got themselves in a situation where they were putting themselves into harm's way, which led led to their deaths, was actually um, fascinating and compelling enough for me not to just you know follow directly off the kind of you know on that beaten path. Yeah, well, yeah. well, you don't have to like solve many kind of game puzzles. I did find that this game was totally okay with you kind of progressing without understanding what was going on. And so I think the kind of hmm. much of much of the non-linear gameplay is like look sometimes sometimes I would like walk through by a computer and not read it and then realize uh. <laughs> that like I did not have context for the scene and it's not going to force the context down my throat, you know, like this I'm not sure if it's even like a pro or a con of the game, but like it really lets you play it without quite understanding what's happening for for yeah. a lot of it. And and that's, you know, what's interesting as a detective game. But as you point out, it lets you progress anyway. And so, you know, like, I'm not sure what it kind of says about Daniel Lazarski that he can just like keep going, even though he has no idea what's happening. 
<laughs> well, e- even in in that in the first um, person you investigate, it's essentially uh, a guy that got let out of prison and has you know has died in front of you, or is di- well, he's the one that wasn't dead yet. I don't know, but yeah, he dies while you're doing die, the he dies while investigation. The first guy you meet yeah. is is the is the, the body that you don't know who it is because it's decapitated. Okay, now the one after that. Second. Yeah. Um, but just there, so if you play through that scene in particular, you can, just from the dream sequence alone, you can, you know, you can guess that, you know, some of his backstory that he was in prison and he's trying to make his way through life and it hasn't quite worked out. But if you if you delve into his apartment and, and read the notes, if you go onto the computer and read the yeah. history of, you know, how and when he got sent down, how that, you know, he's now, uh, what, is he a class C or D citizen? Which is, you know, it means that essentially your life prospects of, you know, of moving up for the world are all but zero. And he's having to deal with that whilst trying to get off um, drugs that he's been taking, um, you know, settling down with a tattoo artist, which, you know, um, also is interlinked with this store. So there's, there's a bunch of stuff there that if you want to know about the person in front of you, then it's there. But equally, you can just, you know, piece small fragments of bits together and progress with the story. And I think, you know, as gamers, we tend to want to push through story you know, normally as quickly as possible. And quite often, it, you know, it, it takes a bit more kind of energy to, to examine that stuff. But I mean, this isn't the first game to do that. There is so many now. Like I feel, you know, mm. I can't help but bring up Soma comparisons of, of, of a game I've recently played. Which, which I haven't is, played yet. Watch which, out yeah, which is very listeners and me. But it's very similar. Like there's plenty yeah, yeah. In, in that environment that you can look and, mm. and prod and, and but equally you can. I'm just certainly push guilty through. in a lot of games of not reading the the text, of, whether it's flavor text flavor or text, you know yeah. world filling stuff. But actually, in this case, I think uh, I I read almost every word of every PC, and I enjoyed a lot of it. I thought it was it did fill out some of the backstory and and help understand what was going on. But I still came away. And again, maybe I'm just being obtuse and maybe I haven't thought about it hard enough, but there were still certain elements of the story that I didn't really get. Uh, and I'm hoping that you guys will have got them so you can tell me later what, <laughs> what the meaning of them was. But, uh, but actually, I think uh, while that stuff, I, I'm sure you can have an, a, an enjoyable experience with the game just as a pure, you know, a, uh, an immersive experience of, you know, being in a grotty cyberpunk future world and kind of there, there's enough there's enough of the gameplay which is um stealth and jump scares and all that stuff that you know people enjoy maybe something like outlast or things like that there's elements mm. of that which uh, i don't generally like either so right. yeah I'm, I'm not one that seeks out the to be you know frightened in games or scared in games so actually right. for me that this this game although i wouldn't say it's an atypical horror game I think there is elements in here that still have me on the edge of my seats on yeah. occasions, and you know my, my heartbeat jumping out my chest, but you know a raised pulse. Um, yeah, I think and, some of those stealth sections are quite effective. So, as, so yeah, as the, the stealth sections are essentially the only sections that you, know, you can you know, fail, fail at. at. Mm-hmm. But there's there's plenty of other sections in the game that I think it gives the illusion that you could be in more danger than yes. you actually are, um, even though it's really you're not but you know there's this feels like there's a pressure and a time limit to some of the stuff that you're doing certainly in the dream sequences and i and i think i call them dream sequences because it to me although you are jacking into people's brains i like the way that it's just 
it's not too over the top, but it's also not super clinical. Like there, there's elements that make sense to human you know, us and, and people's minds. But equally, I love the way that things are just slightly deteriorated or slightly fuzzy or slightly just yeah. out of surreal, surreal and out of place, but not so like I'm in a disco of trippiness. Look at this. The guy's on drugs. It, it's just, I think, as like a broken dream, you know, just elements that don't entirely make sense and, and, and were never meant to make sense. But equally, when they're pushed up against some really kind of real real world scenarios they you can kind of see how the brain would get there and, and in that one in particular I, I love the moment that essentially you're inside his brain and the person you're in essentially observing dies and the world just starts to go to pot and it's it's a freaky freaky moment that did kind of get to me it's like oh god what's going on it's yeah you just realize yeah. the guy's died was lazarski says yeah. uh, for those who are listening to this but haven't played the game he, he basically he's warned i can't remember if he warns himself or he because he, he does kind of chunter to himself in a uh, hard bit noir detective kind of way but he also gets the occasional bit of dialogue from his uh superiors matriarch i think uh she's known as but um Basically, the advice is don't be inside somebody when they're dead. Uh, it's not good for you. Oh, they say it's illegal. Like yeah. it's like okay. there's like some kind of act that was passed that you can't right. jack into someone dead. Uh, phrasing. Right. Whoops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> what I would say uh, with with regard to kind of the the stealth sections and the gameplay, like there are two different kinds of horror in this game and one of the kinds i really liked which was the just kind of like environmental and and sound design largely Mm. scares because it's like there are these these dream sequences are incredible in terms of like what they're presenting you with and these kind of like looped screams and and environments Mm. and things that are just so bizarre and there's there's a scene where you're dragging a floating television from room to room and crying and the television is like crying like a baby and then when you plug Mm. it in it starts laughing like a baby but you have to unplug it and so it starts like crying again and all of that is great and like so interesting and then there are these sections where you have to avoid a big monster and if the yeah. monster catches you, you die, which doesn't even make sense because really? you're not like, you know, it's like you die in the game, you die in real life. It seems totally unmotivated. And and I really did not like those sections at all when I, I felt like they looked and sounded great. Uh, and as a non-stealth fan, generally, I thought they were like fine. They weren't overly like frustrating. Uh, but I, this is one of the elements that I never quite got my head around, which was the idea. Uh, it made sense on, on a sort of um, theoretical level, but in a in a in a plot level, there's the bit that kind of reveals later on in the game that Lazarski looks in the mirror and he's the monster that he's been avoiding all along, which is you know all very um, classic metaphor and stuff like that. But it, I didn't really understand within the context of going into using the neural investigator, the dream eater. I didn't quite understand why he was uh, escaping from himself. It's to do with his guilt regarding his wife and his son, uh-huh. the relationship between them. Sounds is it familiar. Not? Yeah, I got something like that. Any more specifics? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the things I quite liked about the game is I, I just sort of heading back to where you were all a couple of minutes ago. Um, the idea that you could, basically play through the entire thing with 
a fairly low level of engagement and not doing any of the side quests just boom boom yeah. boom 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 oddly followed. there's like two side quests like a weird number yeah. just a very low yeah. small number they're but they're both very quite interesting minor actually. extras or, but um yeah. all of the main things are essentially just a path to somebody to jack into come out tells you go and find the next person you have like maybe one thing that you've got to do to locate them then you go and find them and you do their dream sequence whereas you know there's this apartment building of I mean, God knows how many actual doors there are you can go around and knock yeah. on. It must be upwards of 60 or 70 and or so. And they don't all look the same, so fair play to Blue Bateen for that. Yeah. They've all got different kind of bits and bobs yeah. hammered to the outside. And, mm, and they look great in that respect. Like some of them are sort of crappy old 90s mobile phones on the little screens and yeah. stuff. They look really cool, and the locking systems are really neat. But, um, yeah, this idea that, like, I'm, I'm the sort of person who I will – uh, I will go everywhere apart from to where the main objective is pointing me. Yes. So by the time I'd gone to the first the first dude that you go and jack into, I'd already been round like four floors of the apartment building and I'd knocked on 30 different doors and spoken <laughs> right. to people. And that would have been more confusing in some ways because there's people yeah, then revealing stuff about the world that you're kind of, I mean, obviously it's, it's allowable. It, the game lets you speak to those people, but there's stuff that they'll be talking about that perhaps isn't so pertinent until later. Yeah, kind of. And you don't really understand, I feel like, at that point, who you are, like who Lazarski is. Mm. Until, you, you know, and I said this on the Slack, I think, I've played through the whole thing twice and taken in the story pretty in depth both times. And I'm still, like, I would be hard pushed to tell you exactly what an observer is. Like, what is the, what exactly do they do? What's the point of them? Who are they doing it for? It's just, like, it's there, but it's not standard um my assumption is they're there to snoop on people to make sure they're not doing things that the yeah, powers of like that seems right but i mean where are you getting that from like he's he's a cop seemingly he's controlled by what seems to be like a police force and he has yeah. this this odd power of you know this but there's there's points where people say it's specifically talking about like, oh, you don't want to talk to the observers. And they talk about observers as if, you know, it's, you're not just, you know, you're not just the, the policeman on the, on the beat, yeah. you know, you're the KGB, like come around, knock on your door yes. in the middle of the night, take you away and torture you sort of. But people. yet some people are quite sassy to him and. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you have some weird conversations. A lot of people are just people shocked that doors. there's even a policeman anywhere close to their apartment. Right. <laughs> I mean, and I think just... that all rings fairly true, right? Like, that's, you know, some people are terrified of cops and some are w weirdly into them. Um, and, and he also, <laughs> there there is, um, you know, discussion that he doesn't actually work for a government. He works for mm. this kind of, like, you know, Amazon 2084 yes. or whatever. Like, there's a big corporation sure. that controls yeah. everything. Yes. Yeah, and he's, mm. and he, I mean, essentially, then he comes off the rails. At the, the moment, I think... Obviously, him chasing for the mystery of his son is the mm. moment that he completely changes who he is as the character. You know, he he would clearly, I, well, maybe he has done in the past, but I, you know, at one point he just completely removes all protocols from his system, any kind of safe restraints from you know being able to go into dead people, and he absolutely just rips that off and is like, well, no, because my son is, you know, it's a cliche, right? Because you know, if you if you're after a loved one, then you do these mm -hmm. things. But essentially, you know, he just breaks all protocols that, you know, it mm -hmm. seems to be this old beaten cock. But 
fine. I'm just going to go and find my son. And I think, but back to our point of like, you know, his performance doesn't quite always ring true because, you know, clearly he shouldn't really be doing these things to dead people when it gets more and more <laughs> messed up as he's moving yeah. further and his performance stays pretty one note. But <laughs> it's, yeah. it's an odd situation where you get the feeling that you've kind of stumbled across this actual like crime scene. Like there's interesting things happening in this world. But you Daniel Lazarski is not there to care about the, right. you know, the drug dealers who've been killed for whatever reason that they've been killed. Like, mm. He's not interested. He just wants to find out how this links to his son. And he's, he's just, that's like his focus goal is just find the son, figure out where the son's gone and, you know, hope that that headless corpse you found in the apartment that belonged to him was not him. But it's a setup, isn't it, though? I mean, his son has brought him well, there. Yeah. Regardless, I mean, he would never have gone to his building in a million years otherwise, but his son has enticed him there in the, in the bigger reason of that he is no longer a body and soul. He has put himself into the the net of whatever this building is, and uh, he's been about to be closed down from the bigger organisation, and his himself has kind of just taken out of the scenario because what he's doing is... Well, you get to decide towards the end of the game if what he has done is either, you know... See, I feel like this is a story that's been done a number of times, but you know, oh, yeah. he's he's learnt how to put in the entirety of his own psyche into the system, yeah. and his body is no longer of any importance. And you get to decide, essentially, as his own father, whether that is something that should be allowable, or whether yeah. there is the shred of humanity that is left in this really weird world, and whether you should allow that to even escape and then yeah. humanity take on a different kind of phase. So all this stuff does get linked and you work out as as you push through every crime scene that in fact that it was your son that has set pretty much every one of these people up or against each other and then set the beast off to kill all these people to cover his tracks along the way but it hasn't entirely worked because yeah they know where he is. There's also the the stuff with the synchrosine which I also feel I didn't fully test this but I also feel it's a bit of a smokes and mirrors thing because you find these pills dotted about synchrosine. Now, I don't think this is this isn't the same as the nanophage, is it? It's it's essentially this is stuff that stops you your mind from frying because of all the yeah. It's essentially, why he AR takes stuff. as a cop to calm yes. himself down. So yeah, um, and your vis- your vision gets more messed up the longer you leave it, and mm-hmm. you get kind of more warnings. But I, you seem to be given a, a large amount of synchrosine if you if you even you know cursorily scour the land uh, scour the area and it's a gameplay thing that just wasn't ever i don't think you can die or go fully can you actually game over from lack of synchrosine or does it just get to a point where the screen is all mussy and you just can't really see properly no i mean it doesn't even get that far like you can you can go through the whole game without taking synchrosine and and not have that much of an issue yeah so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a trick really so I had I had quite a like a split um what's the the right way to describe it like a a, a dual uh, experience with this because I had one playthrough where I was extremely uh, extremely extremely uh, observant with right. everything and went around every single building and checked every single thing that I could yeah right um and I was genuinely starting to get worried by the end of it that I was going to run out of synchrosine and it didn't uh-huh. help that one of the points where I had a proper hard crash of the system was when i came out of one of the um came out of one of the observation sequences 
and it was in that moment where you're kind of getting up off the floor and mm-hmm. everything's glitchy as hell anyway like your vision's going mad the yeah. frame rate's skipping like crazy and i'm sure that that's all at that point uh you know a, a symptom of you losing your mind and needing to take the synchrosine mm. and it crashed so hard at one point there that i thought oh, i wonder if this is because when you don't take the synchrosine you know everything gets more fuzzy and <laughs> it sort cool. of lags the game out <laughs> so at that point i was like every time that little uh heartbeat monitor thing that's on the uh on the stat screen like gets even vaguely wobbly i'm going to take one of these things and that playthrough was quite like i was genuinely worried at a lot of points oh, what if i just can't find any and there didn't yeah. seem to be that many hidden around mm-hmm. and then the next time i played through it when i was much more focused and i knew where i needed to go and what i needed to do i think i just maxed out on it after a certain point and i was finding them and not even being able to pick them up or it, w- it wouldn't move the little mm-hmm. bar and yeah I was going to say, as as the overall, I think, yeah, it's it's a story I feel that has already been done a number of times in the past and different kind of media. I don't think it's anything, you know, anything particularly new. But I, I do I do really like a lot of the stuff that is kind of hidden behind the closed doors because you, you do come across some of the, the people behind those doors and, and yeah. you know, view their lives, if, be it, you know, uh, an angry father with his children and feel like, you know, you kind of want to beat down the door because, you know, that's just my natural behavior where I am in my life at the moment. It's like, you know, you know don't be like that to all your kids. Um, equally, you kind of, you know, there's a, it's almost like a woman of the night and, you know, you, you wonder what's, and she's into uh, observers and you kind of, yeah, I wonder, what, you know, wonder what they'd be going through, through that door as well. And I, I, I find that stuff, yeah, that there could have been another part of the game here that, was a bit more kind of open and forthright of going into some of these rooms and, you know, being a bit more of a, you know, a puzzler and an investigation there. And I think it probably would have helped the game a bit because it is a bit distracting when it's just talking to, in, you know, still doors with slight um, movement on the, on the screens. I think, I think without, um, without guessing too much at this, I think it's fair to say that this game could have been scaled back significantly that mm-hmm. that there were plans for for much more because i think i think you're right that the the synchrozine could have been some yeah. like kind of grand gameplay plan that they just didn't mm. get to and it seems like there should be more side quests and should be more things behind these doors and yeah. and it yeah it really seems like they just at some point were like look if we don't focus on our core story this game isn't going to get finished it's, it's almost like the game also has a lot of stuff to say so we we alluded it earlier about the the whole coming across what i'm going to just call them the pures the people without any kind mm-hmm. of augmentations at all and that's one of the most fascinating conversations in this game it only lasts about five minutes but it's it's a look at the other side of the, what this world is and it's not entirely focused but yeah it's you do wonder here and i, I love the way that Clearly, some people are completely freaked out by the lockdown, like they have no access to their their net or whatever it may be, and it's completely ruined their life. And you know, are you an average of some of the people that I know in real life that are, you know a bit more kind of hooked into you know the world, the kind of the modern world versus you know a bit more kind of basic of like, oh, no, it's okay, you don't have to watch everything and do everything. You know, you can just hook out every now and again and just mm. you know live life outside there. But mm. also love in this world how they play with the fact that. Like, I think, um, you know, you think of, like, VR, and I think of, um, what's the recent Spielberg film? 
Oh, that Ready Player Ready One. Ready Player One. So one of my jokes about Ready Player One was that everybody's addicted to this VR world because the world they live in is so dreadful and it pulls out and the world that they live in just looks like a kind of normal world. But the problem is they all, a lot of them just live in trailers. It's it's like, well, it's, it's not that. Like, it seems pretty sunny outside. The world doesn't seem that bad. Like, the, the system doesn't seem to have, you know, ripped you apart here. And this world, it's like there's that one particular lady that is hooked into a VR headset and you have the choice of dragging her out of the world where I believe she's in there with her daughter or her, you know, a, a part. Uh, sort of adoptive child. Yeah, I adoptive think, yeah. child. Mm. Or dragging this her foreshadows out. the end choice as well. But even it? so, like dragging her out into this this current world. And it's, it's a fascinating choice because it's like, well, do you want to live in, I mean, once again, the Matrix, yada, yada, do you want to live in the world, you know, that is like this or like this? And, you know, if you were like me, it was like, just leave her in there. Like, clearly there's not a lot going on out here that she shouldn't be. But it's just the, just the way that actually, even Lewowski himself of like these augmentations that they're not. So he's, he has if he wants to be a cop, he needs these two visions. But it's not like these visions seem to be amazingly. In fact, when you use them, they're really kind of one trick pony. This one does this, but the rest of the world just kind of is kind of there, but kind of blanked out, but not in a perfect way that you'd imagine like modern technology would be like here we are focusing on this one thing but it the technology just feels like it's only just about capable of doing what it's set up to be yet he's clearly changed his eyes to allow this which i think with this back to the synchronous scene i think that is one of those things that like his he's enough um augmentated that even in his normal vision mode like the world is slightly breaking and falling apart around him yeah and yeah. that stuff is great. Like that is actual proper storytelling there that isn't just shoved down your face. But once again, the synchronous seems, seems like it's an area that they, they investigated and they probably had a bunch of really cool ideas that would have affected the story a lot more and it never happened, but it would probably like, well, just yeah, we'll I leave think it, it It's Even if it doesn't serve a, a meaningful gameplay purpose, I, th- I think it still serves a storytelling purpose. Yeah, it plays in quite nicely as you go through when you're you go into I guess it's like the first three four people's brains and you're in their brain and the the kind of the nightmare that's going on is very pertinent to them and then after you come out of the the tattoo shop owner guy's brain and you're tracking the blood it's at that point where Daniel Lazarski kind of like slips into his own nightmare mm. and there's a point where he says to the matriarch like uh, how long has it been since i've plugged into someone's head and she says oh you're not plugged into anything but he's still having the yeah. mm. the kind of the weird you know repeating hallways yeah, and like stuff that the other characters all have drug flashbacks with... kind of scenario yeah. yeah it's it's like a it's like a bizarre nightmare where you just kind of you just sort of accept that this must work, but it, even despite the fact that you know at the time that it doesn't make any sense. Mm. But that's that's his own personal thing at that point where you're seeing his kind of fears and stuff as opposed to yeah. you'd previously seen everybody else's. Yeah, and also I think, uh, I think I'm right in saying that his PTSD and general neurological fry-up is also at play at times when he is in other people's heads in that you you also get snatches of his past, his backstory. Obviously, we've talked about the monster, but you also hear occasionally he'll be in the middle of somebody else's kind of route to where we find them dead or dying. 
uh, and then there'll be snatches of you you'll hear about him and his wife and and uh and all that kind of thing i, I think it's alluded to that uh, you know we don't know what his wife dies of but i'm going to just say it's something like cancer and there's it's alluded to that there's absolutely every chance that she could have beaten the disease uh but with augmentations and she chooses not to but yeah you know, and she leaves his the, the one thing is well you need to make sure that our son you know is looked after and that's your one job if i don't get through this and of course she doesn't survive and that sets the chain of events that his son absolutely begrudge well holds a grudge against his father for not forcing his mum to take the augmentations and survive and look after him as he grows up because obviously his mm. father then is trying to earn a living he's on the beat isn't around enough and you know the he's, resentment, a, he's a stereotypical he absolutely like, shite single father it works enough in the game but as always when you put this stuff just you know you, you say it out loud it becomes even more cliched than it that it is played out within the game but it's you know there is a story there to be to be found as cliched as it may be um and essentially yeah that's that's how as your 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 son becomes to to loathe you and you have this estranged relationship but then he's you are essentially the only person that he can then contact to to fulfill his ultimate destiny of leave his own body and become a, a different part of the world and it's down to you to decide whether you think there's anything re- remaining of your son as strained as your relationship is or uh, purge him and just let him you know go on his way so this is <laughs> this is related to kind of one of my complaints about the story of the game which is that i really just kind of don't feel like it's doing much new you know like all of the questions that it's asking i feel like are pretty tropey sci-fi questions and and i feel like observer doesn't even really go in a very different direction with them you know like the question of like oh how much of our bodies can replace before we're not human it's like well we've seen that before and we've Mm -hmm. certainly seen uploading consciousnesses before and honestly it feels like and and maybe this is just like a me thing but it's like in this world someone's brain being entirely in a computer seems like a totally normal thing and it's and it kind of strikes me as bizarre like how thrown lazarski is by the idea that his son is like doesn't have a body anymore and is just in the net because it's like (laughs) shouldn't this be happening all the time like you're plugging into dead people's heads this is not the weirdest (laughs) thing going on here yeah it's true hmm also wanted uh, before we do address uh, the end tony you've you've let there a couple of times already because i'm interested to hear about it but i just wanted to talk a little more about um you were talking about the the floating tv sequence or we were talking about it earlier uh and i i remember that 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 sequence stood out to me as not only uh, audio visually striking, but also it was one of the few times that I felt like I was solving spatial puzzles. Uh, am I only? Am I just remembering that one because it was the most memorable? Or I remember a few other, you know, kind of looping around mazes and finding yeah, shower scene, finding keyholes and things like that. But actually, that that sequence where you have to actually kind of almost on a timer, you kind of have to run around one door to another and open another door by pulling cables out of things. All the other kind of spatial puzzles seem to be mainly to do with stealth or running against a, a wind or just pushing a button until it's in the right place kind of thing. Like um, uh, like the yeah, like the sequence inside the woman that Tony mentioned, where it's really it, it, it's, you know, it's quite a cool sequence, uh, again, audio visually, but actually solving the puzzles is just a case of 
pushing the next button. Whereas that that sequence we talked about earlier actually had more actual lateral thinking involved. I, am, I, am I forgetting any? No, I don't think you are. But I, I also think it's it's because the game falls somewhere in between walking simulator and mm. game. And I say that right. really loosely, not to upset people at all. Because, yes, you know, no, it's I'm just shorthand. Sh- I'm a shorthand. huge, huge fan of, you know... Exp- Games just, and walking you know, simulators. And, and those that overlap. Every single time someone says walking simulator, you have to follow it up by... You know, but it, yeah, you know, it's the same but as I Metroidvania. Like, I wish we I should can, just yeah. get over it. Yeah, so I'm not... I'm, but in, in the way that... Okay, environmental exploring game and wanting to feel... And I think that's probably where the roots of, like, maybe Lara Fear comes in, that... You know the developer, mm. you know, wants to flex its muscles, but equally, like I think, they're more fascinated with the world they created. But also, back to the point, like there's there's so much in this world which you know Jake just talked about. Like there's elements of this world which you know they don't explore enough. So it, it's a kind of a game. I don't want to say once it's cake and eat it, but it's a kind of game that I think is really confused in itself, and that's kind like what of it, a, what they really wanted it to be. Yeah, I think so. Like, what I genre think, they wanted? Yeah, I think to they probably land should in. have just stuck to. Well, could you see this as a you know a terrifying layers of fears type of game? I don't think it allows itself to to be that. I, I wanted more, the the cyberpunk investigation game with horror elements game rather than the the linear cyberpunk investigation with lengthy horror sequences game. I suppose, but I yeah, think no. um, kind of surprisingly. What what I feel like this game does do is unusual for a game with a probably medium sized budget, which is like it's a it's a set piece game. You know, it's yeah. it's almost like the new Tomb Raiders in that there are these one off sections that I imagine mm. took an incredible amount of work to put together. And you kind of like do them once and it's interesting and then you just move on from there. Mm. Um, like it's not it's not a puzzle per se but there's that time when you end up in kind of the illusion of like what's a really nice apartment and then you're kind of turning the dial on the radio and there are like all these things happening with like a like a machine being put together and like a body doing all of this stuff and it's like it's incredible to look at and it's it's kind of a version of that like it's a much more interesting version of the thing in Tomb Raider where you just run forward and everything explodes behind you. It's like you're not doing much and the game is just showing you a lot of things. And that's kind of weird for a for a walking simulator detective game to do. That's it's an unusual direction that it goes in and because that's kind of what it hangs its hat on, it doesn't have any concrete gameplay hooks that, that you can come me. back to. Of everyone's gone to the rapture in that sense like there's a bit more yeah, yeah rather than just um just viewing what's happened with, within the environment there's a bit more well you know seeing how this stuff plays out in front of you and kind of piecing where to go next and seeing it play out in front of you again rather than just literally well my clue is this my clue is that um yeah, John, yeah. Come on, yeah you, you, <laughs> how about you uh i don't know i feel like i would have preferred it to go harder either one way or the other mm. like i'm i'm very very happy to just play something that's literally just a story like you can just give me text and i'll click through it <laughs> you know i've played some amazing games that are like that um and similar similarly i really enjoy things that have got you know a better balance between last, you know like really solid gameplay with then 
the immersive stuff built into it. I think it's it's impossible for me not to draw the comparisons because I've just gone straight from one to the other. But I'm now playing the 2017 Prey, which you can all hear my in-depth thoughts about in the next few weeks. And that gets... I mean, that is a game game. Like game That first. could just be a game without any of the story stuff built into it. That could be yeah. a really dumbass game just with the the combat and stuff that's there yeah but they choose to put all of the incredible story stuff and character building and everything there as well mm. and i as much as i've enjoyed the bits about observer that do really tick those boxes i love this um sort of dystopian horrible future and the the weird dreaminess of it but i feel like it doesn't go hard enough on either one of those to really really satisfy it's like a weird wishy-washy middle ground between the two i i think it's absolutely it's allegory is soma because on the soma show we had the exact same conversation of what we're having here which some right. people really got turned off by the the you know the hunting monster and felt that those mm-hmm. sections had no place in the game where it was and indeed about PC mods turned it off. I wonder yeah, if there's a PC have... mod for Observer that makes the stealth sections walking simulators, so you don't even have to worry there's, about hiding. There's of. like four sections in Observer where you can actually die, three or four, Yeah, and that's They're it. They're quite long, though, uh, relative. I mean, it, it's not what you spend most of the time doing, clearly, but there's... Uh, and As I say, as far as stealth gaming goes, because of the audiovisual side, I actually quite enjoyed these. I found them just the right level of tense. Uh, the first few times I was in one of those, I got caught several times until I kind of worked out where, when and where you you know had to be. They're pretty much solvable in terms of, um, you know, like you can work out a sequence. You don't have to be particularly analog about it or flexible. Um, although I think maybe the movement of, of the monster does vary slightly, but it's within quite fixed parameters. So, um, but overall, I thought there's certainly one or two of them which are multi-part, aren't they? Um, and again, for somebody who really, I, I've certainly, yeah, I read some, I read some steam feedback, which basically said I was looking forward to a cyberpunk detective game and i got one of those annoying stealth monster games and i do wonder <laughs> so if there is there a is there a market for a mod which not doesn't ruin it by just turning you know basically turning collision detection off for want of a better phrase so he just can't catch you kind of thing but actually so that it makes it more about it being an on an on rail sequence uh, rather than a uh, an actual bit of fail state it's gameplay. funny i think Soma is a bit uh, weird like that because they they do that where they still allow the monster to see you and he still runs up to you. Yeah, and right. Actually, in that in its sense, can, because I think they still play the, the you know the tune of like oh you've just been caught. Yeah. That that in itself, I think if you if you were that way inclined to to want a mod to take that stuff off, probably is still quite scary in, in itself. Yeah. Pro- if I probably, could if yeah. I could make one change, it would be that the mm. the monster just you know picks you up and like throws you and your screen right. goes staticky. But like the idea of just having a a screen that game says over. game over in this game is so uninspired for like yeah. it does so much with like looping and repeating sequences in different ways and like interesting transitions between areas and then you just get this like game over try again like it, it just kind of doesn't make sense I, to me i always look yeah. at that stuff as what does it add or what does it take away and i think in in the case of soma for me it added a tension that was needed in that game in the case of this i think it was added a, a section of annoyance in which case i think the game would have just been better off 
as a crime investigation and, and focusing the efforts that went into that. Into Did you not one get of... some tension in that creeping across the, oh, no, the abs- fields through the rushes and all that? No, no, I... I did. Well, that wasn't the section well, yeah. where you could actually die. You can be caught. Yeah, you can't you can die get game. You can get game over. Not in that was... section. Now they no, just put you just, back. It just immediately bombs you back. Oh well. Okay. But no, even, even so, like no, there there is a tension there. But I now from a narrative point of view, I, it, to me it didn't it didn't really serve much of a purpose other than putting me slightly on edge. Mm. Um, so I think yeah, they, that for me that stuff could have been taken out and just more stuff put into the investigation. One quite a more. gnarly looking monster though. Quite <laughs> quite well animated. Yeah. I mean, I like the the sound design. The idea of it, like, yeah. stomping around cubicles, I thought that was an interesting kind of, like, setting combination, because well, it's like, I know of... cubicles, but I don't know this big monster. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was fun. A sort of, uh, yeah, as somebody who's suffered work, work-based <laughs> stress, it didn't, yeah, it didn't feel that unfamiliar to me, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, people looking over your shoulder. On a slightly similar but different note, uh, everyone's computer in this amazing retro uh, retro tech future world has a computer game installed on it. Uh, and as you go <laughs> through the game, you can uh, you can play more and more levels of it. Now, this is a game that you can absolutely solve. I'm sure there are guides out there which say move this way, this way, this way, this way. This is a game called With Fire and Sword, co- uh, colon Spiders, where you... This is great. Give me 99 <laughs> levels of this, <laughs> well, please. I, yeah, I thought it was okay. I completed like the first few b- before I started getting... Uh, John and May did all but... 10. <laughs> okay, I was going to say... achievement at yeah. the end of it. I so. was going to say, there was an achievement. <laughs> you probably I I did, did it. nine without looking at a, uh, like okay. a guide for the last one. I did wonder, because they, they do get quite complicated. So uh, just in brief, it's a bit like 3D Monster Maze, but only top-down and 2D. And you have to uh, gather a sword. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a maze. And you have to gather a sword, but the sword can only spank one uh, spider or a pile of spiders at a time. Uh, and you have to gather the gold and get to the exit. So it is it is very retro style uh, gaming. And yeah, I mean, they obviously enjoyed making it and fitting it in the world enough to put it in everybody's computer to no particular end. Some I don't people think... only, but only some people have access to the first level. Some people have access to the second level. You have to wait all to the end of the game if we access yeah. all ten, which is yeah, exactly weird. Yeah. But um, it's yeah. fun. I... It's it's a it, it's a distraction and uh, it's yeah. a fun distraction. I have to say. It's almost like a collectible, isn't it? Like you've got to find seven different terminals or something yeah. to get all of the different levels right. through it. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it very much. I would happily play this also, on a fire and Also talking about the collectibles in this game, which aren't really collectibles, but are there regardless? I think seven, is it 80? 83, of, <laughs> yeah, I mean, 83 cards, which essentially oh, yeah. are just... I think it's 60-something, 60 67 mm-hmm. maybe. I forgot um, to put these on the uh, on the show notes because I was yeah. like, what is the... So, they're, they're one so of these things. are pictures of, pictures of uh, victims of the nanophage or something like that, I think. Yeah, or, but, but they're actually crew pictures. Clearly the dev team. Yeah, it's the dev team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, including Rakahara. Yeah, Rakahara cards is in there, which is quite cool. Okay. Uh, nothing more to be said. Nothing more to be said other <laughs> well, than they put an achievement at the end of it. So, yeah, of course. idiots have to seek them out and... But once There's again, also four different, four or five different types of collectibles, and tons of them are hidden within the uh, the observing sequences. Yeah. So oh, if okay. you miss something, you are you're yeah. done. So there's there's stuff like the red roses, which uh, are a link with your wife essentially, mm-hmm. um, and that RC car that goes around. So that's a link with your with your son. Um, oh, I read something about that, but I never yeah. never interacted there's... with it. 
there's little radios that play a like a little section of um it's like an audio log and i think they're supposed to be daniel when he was a kid maybe but there's like him talking to uh, like a doctor talking to him i think it's it's implied that he may be infected with the nanophage and this doctor he's like laughing at this doctor saying like oh you look like a marshmallow and you get the impression that this doctor's in like a big hazmat suit or something and you go through a few of these things and at the end the doctor's suit is clearly punctured and daniel's just laughing at him like that he's gonna die that was pretty good yeah but yeah it's for uh, for a very slight game there are probably too many things to collect mm. yeah it does make you wonder if they were uh thinking about being able to talk about a lengthier runtime or, or whatever but but just in the case of that it's, it, 100%. It, it's fine to uh, you know put this stuff here because you know like john and me will go looking for the collectibles and yeah. we we explored probably Take every single every single one of the rooms and probably mm-hmm. found more stuff in the environment than other people that didn't go for that stuff. But like yeah. all collectibles, like don't just make it as a picture of somebody, make it a, a section of story that is interesting it's... to the world. It's just, <laughs> some of them have little bits of detail, but it's, it's very slim, isn't it? It's like you'll pick up the card and it will tell you like, um, it will give you, uh, this person's, um, like their their job and maybe a tiny little bit of information mm. about what happened to them, uh-huh. but they're essentially like all people who are killed the, by the nano yeah, page. The, yes. the, the best thing that comes from that collectibles is they feature people of different classes on there, and it's clearly stated on the class on the card what class they were. So it it plays into that more kind of environmental storytelling of who these people were, what you know, what level of society they were. And just from the, the the stuff on their identification card. So that there is stuff there, but it's just too many of them. It doesn't really help that it's obviously the dev team. And I was I completely confirmed this by watching the credits afterwards. And it's like, oh, yeah, I recognise Daniela Shapira, whatever her name was. Um, but so many of them are pulling stupid faces on the pictures as well. It's like they've pulled the like the board from their like company room or something. And it's just some guy like squinting his eyes or like poking his tongue out. It's like, oh my god, this is supposed to be a picture of someone who was killed by a disease that ate them from the inside <laughs> out. It's just some dude like poking his tongue out. Yeah, but this game also has with fire and sword spiders in it. So yeah, true. A little levity. Um, there are, I suppose, yeah, there there are little bits of uh, less serious content here and there. Some of the conversations with the tenants and things like that. There is a there is a little more. Yeah, lightness of touch, but mm. I feel like with all the all the clearly horrible stuff that's going on, then uh, it it doesn't hurt to add a little bit of silliness. That ending, then. So this is according to TV tropes. If you choose to merge with Adam, the final dialogue with Janice, the janitor, is that Janice, the janitor, um, makes it clear Adam was lying all along and that he's simply stolen your body instead of merging his mind with yours like he said he would. Now Dan's trapped helplessly in his own head while Adam escapes into the world using his body. But if you refuse to merge with Adam, he steals your body anyway and dumps your mind into the maintenance droid. Dan reluctantly hijacks Janice's body when he passes by looking for Rudy, then uses it to attack his original body before Adam can escape in it. However, after managing to punch Adam in the head several times, Janice slash Dan is shot dead by arriving police, who, from their perspective, see a crazed janitor attacking a police detective. The ending also is also ambiguous whether or not Adam survived your attack, leaving open the possibility that Dan's efforts didn't matter. 
So what choices did uh, you each make and why? And what did you feel about the result? I went with the, I suppose it's the bad ending. The, <laughs> You'll uh, the have to be more specific. <laughs> well, yeah, all right, fine. The one where you don't let your son enter your mind to do mm -hmm. weird things. Because uh, it just, it. I didn't feel like it was earned throughout the course of the game. Like, you didn't really talk to your son very much. You clearly had a crap relationship with him. And he's set up this very weird convoluted scheme which has led to the deaths of numerous people to try and get you into this position and it just it just didn't seem right to me it just felt like I didn't want to be the pawn in this chess game so you know I, I'm trying very hard not to swear um so screw that guy yeah I did um I did one of each. I, I think I, I merged with him the first time because for whatever reason, I was feeling a little more uh, fatherly guilt that day. Um, right. And then and then this most recent time I didn't. And I just feel like it's such a it's such a mean spirited ending and kind of like mm. doesn't say anything. You know, it's like, so what's the point? You know, either way. Either way, you're kind of, like, screwed over and your son either escapes or you kill him. But, like, I don't know what to, to take away from any of that or if they have kind of, like, different, you know, they don't recontextualize the game in any way. I just, like, it seems kind of like a mean twist for the sake of a twist. And, and whichever one you pick, I'm just kind of left feeling empty. It goes back to the, you know, is the main story isn't the driving uh, factor of this game. Essentially, yes, you can complete it, but by the time I got to the end, um, I had made the same choice as John, which is, you know, I, I feel like there's enough evidence here to suggest that humanity is pretty damn uh, messed up, and this would probably just take it even further down that line of destruction, um, proven by the fact that your son clearly was happy enough to kill everybody else in his, in his way to get to you. But I, I don't, you know, there's not a right or wrong ending. I, I don't think in this scenario there's one that maybe make you feel better for a few seconds mm. <laughs> before it mm -hmm. pans out. But even in the final conversation that you have with, you know, in quotation marks, your son, <laughs> he he's not nice. Like he, he no. he's he's acting in the way that he needs you for something, and you you owe him something for. For the way that you treated him and his mother, but you know, if he, if you, if he had bothered to to look at the story, like it, it wasn't, it wasn't his father's fault for his mother's death anyway. So you know, all the things that he has built up as resentment towards his father, I, you know, you look at it and go, I don't, yeah, you know, I don't think that this is actually planned out. He, he's just gone to the to the crazier side of of life. And although he, you know, clearly he's an intelligent guy and he's created the the, the maybe the ultimate escape you know a bit like in um once again bring up soma like you get a, a choice in that of a, a fairly big choice about humanity and I, for me for this for me it was just like yeah <laughs> i I think yeah time for him to be purged so but i, I hmm. saw both endings and yeah I, I think the same with the crew i just think uh, either way i don't yeah i don't think there's hmm. particularly a, a right choice in this scenario well no it'd be weird if there was a, a walking into the sunset ending i i also went for the with the slightly more parental guilt ending <laughs> i guess the game had affected me at least on on that level but actually i kind of i feel sad that i 
missed out on the grimly comic yet obviously more dramatic ending involving uh, being trapped inside a robot and a police shootout. <laughs> um, I, I went for the less kind of, I suppose, yeah, perhaps the more fitting uh, noir ending of, of just being taken over and walked out. Um, I suppose there's always the possibility with the first ending of things happening further down the line, things could change or, or whatever. But um, well, I, I guess it, ties into the the whole thing of yeah n lots of lots of cool ideas but nothing quite tying together because i mean i think i feel like the game's become somewhat of a cult classic um even in a short time of two years i, I feel like there's definitely a you know, based you, on what i'm i'm not i'm not saying no, just you're based wrong on, I'm just no just based on kind of you know just no hearing different stories across the internet culture i think that there, there's okay. a lot of people i think you know, if you if you examined where we are with gaming in 2019, and you know maybe slightly less than 2017, but we're certainly there of you know, hey bro, Fortnite kind of just craziness happening right now, and then you have a story like this, which is you know as we talked earlier, show like it's a kind of a double A kind of interesting, more you know personal story. I think you know people that are into that stuff generally then you know get onto it and, and promote it maybe a bit more heavier just purely out of the fact that it's it's good to see that there's still people in this industry that are willing to experiment and it not to have a go at the walking simulator genre i think i feel like you know this has a bit more money thrown at it and i don't know entirely whether this is exactly the game that they wanted to make because it feels like this is a game that is a collection of ideas and isn't quite a finished product and you know i i would happily see a sequel to it to see how it progresses but equally it's a game i think that stands on its own two feet even with its the technical issues that it that it has now um so I, yeah i just I, I still feel like there's a lot there's a lot of conversation to be had about this game in the general kind of wider scheme of you know the kind of gamer lex lexicon i think that's happened over the two years since i first started to hear about it um but i could be wrong i mean <laughs> For sure. yeah, it's, it's as you say. It's, it's not one of those games that's reached such a a mainstream audience that you've got people who are going to play it for twelve hours and go, "Oh, it was rubbish." I'm going to go and write a nasty review about that on Steam and threaten the developers. It's more like you're either going to play this for five minutes and realize that it's not, not for, you. for you, or you're going to get it. So the people who've gone through it, uh, yeah, have opinions that are fairly valid on it, or play it for a podcast. We've got a couple of, uh, although, yeah, I mean, I suppose the reason I challenged you on that, Tony, is. It's not because I'm accusing you of lying or anything. Yeah. It's just that we had very little uh, feedback. And obviously, I know we're not massive and we don't always get tons of feedback. But the fact that we'd only had a couple of correspondents for this game made me think that maybe not yeah, that many I, people have yeah, played but it. I'm, I'm still not standing here and saying it's been a multi-million seller. No, I mean, sure, from from sure. my own yeah. uh, knowledge of it on you know Xbox and you know, True Achievements and whatnot, and you know 500,000 people on that site in particular and 400 and... 50 people have played the game. So if you take just oh, okay. slices of, and I'm sure in, in 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 the Steam community, you can do the thing. So I think if you just take slices of how many people have interacted with this stuff, it's, yeah, it's it's not massive. So I think, mm. you know, correspondence mm. always happens on, you know, even if it's something like the, the full, talking about the Falcon and Prey show that's coming up, you know, that's a big, in comparison to that, that's a massive game. So mm. I expect the, the Prey correspondence, because it has a bunch of, you know, really interesting ideas in that game, to be huge in comparison to this because this is you know hopefully we've pushed people towards it and there might be some interesting stuff here and i think you know 
that happens a lot. But that I, I've definitely heard the conversation of Observer being out there. Cool. It makes me wonder if um, so. This this team, Bluebird team, literally the only game that they'd done, as far as I'm aware, before this was Layers of Fear, mm. and then since they put out Observer, there's also been a Layers of Fear too, and then the the Blair Witch game that was um, revealed at E3 uh, just a couple of months ago. That is also by them, so it makes you wonder if that's probably going to have more people coming into it. It's probably going to be bigger audience and stuff that it reaches. Are people going to look at that and then go, oh, I wonder what these guys did before? That was kind of a cool, weird game, Hmm. and then come back and play Observer retroactively. They have actually made quite a few games, um, but I think the prior to Layers of Fear, none of them were really um, even... Yeah, certainly not household names, but uh, they started way back in 2010 um, with a Music Master game, and they've made Amen and Amen Two and Deathmatch Village and Basement Crawl and Brawl. So they've been around a long time. These names, these are (laughs) (laughs) they're real products. But that, but that's to me, that's it's good to see a developer in that that mindset of just keep on, you know, bashing your head against the wall, getting these smaller titles out, learning your trade. And Layers Fair of being that thing that allows you to have the money to go on and put the money towards Observer, and then Observer being a you know a you know, good you know proof of concept and all that all that stuff, and you know making Layers Fair too, it gives you the money to then maybe make the licensed game that makes you big. So it's it's good to see a developer that is growing its talent and its pool and you know producing games which are are slightly more off kilter and interesting. And yeah, I I love I love double A games quite honestly because they they are. Or for, although they always have issues, there's always something interesting to be found in them. Always, there, there's, there's quite often there's something. There's a to lot be, of talk yeah. about this in our circle, aren't there? About the the six or seven out of ten games that have something to say, yeah. compared to the polished thing that's just kind of dull. Yeah, it says uh, according to their Wikipedia that they had a kind of some kind of epiphany after uh, four years of being in um, in producing games as a studio they made a game called basement crawl for the ps4 which was badly received so they basically reworked the whole thing called it brawl renamed it released it a year later on a bunch of other systems and the ps4 again and um and they kind of sort of reevaluated their entire methodology and and working and after that came layers of fear and since then they've become become yeah obviously a known quantity Simon Sloth from the forum says, Observer has so much potential. Rutger Hauer, an excellent opening, interesting premise, and did I mention Rutger Hauer? Unfortunately, all the promise gives way to a series of trippy vignettes which eventually become quite exhausting. I desperately wanted to like the game, but it failed to capitalise on many of its more interesting ideas, and to me is a missed opportunity. The best parts of the game were wandering the locked-down apartment building and knocking on doors. There were so many stories which could have been told about the residents that were never expanded upon. This, to me, is the true disappointment. I'll be keeping an eye on the developer as I think they are only a game or two away from finding the right balance. Smartly put, I'd say, Simon. And also we heard from the reviewist who said on the forum, It's not surprising that the minds behind Layers of Fear would again want to throw their hats into the psychological horror ring but that they could so expertly turn their skills from that period gothic aesthetic to be to a stripped back urban futurist dystopia was a genuine joy the game proudly wears its blade runner influences on its sleeve right down to the front and colors of the opening text crawl and the casting of rutger hauer 
but on a more subtle side in the look of the dilapidated slum that the game is set in and the deeper philosophical musings on self, cybernetics and existential dread. Not that Blade Runner is alone, there are inevitable nods to William Gibson, Philip K. Dick and other classics of the cyberpunk genre. Where similarly mentions of cybernetic repossession and debates over the meaning of existence that will be familiar to modern audiences in the current media deluge of films like Repo Men, Repo Man that should be, or iRobot, and TV shows such as Love, Death and Robots and Altered Carbon. Game-wise, the title that this most reminded me of was Soma, in both theme and some of the horror elements. I thoroughly enjoyed Dan Lazarski's journey around that grim tenement, searching for his long-lost son, while the slowly unspooling story, story of their relationship falling apart, as well as Dan's sanity, both were dragged out a little too far. It worked for me, as did the police procedural style, knocking on doors and examining crime scenes gameplay. If anything, I wish this had been a little more in-depth, as it reminded me of the similarly underused parts of the Condemned series. The mental deep dives were also similarly well constructed and offered a more creepy and bizarre breath of fresh air. It does, however, sag a little at times and some aspects of the narrative were a little thinly stretched while others were bloated and ungainly and the stealth sections with a trench coat titan can frankly go get stuffed. Much as I love Bloober, this aspect of their design needs work as it simply frustrated and annoyed me rather than being tense. It probably didn't help that it reminded me of the similar hulking figure from Silent Hill Downpour and, as it transpires, is almost a one-to-one -one identical Jungian mental projection. Still, a very good experience and definitely one of the most interesting cyberpunk and police-based games I've ever played. I, Jatch, um condemns a really interesting comparison, comparison. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's a series that's yeah. on the list, of course. Still, yeah. honestly, uh, I thought about that earlier because that does have the like the detective yeah, the stuff. It does have yeah. like the yeah. I would have liked if it was games. a little more like condemned. I think condemned yeah. has some mm. some interesting gameplay systems to integrate into this. True story. Mm. Condemned Two is still the, the one of the weirdest games I've ever played that has freaked right. me out the most. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah. Like yeah. really, I I left Condemned Two. In a way that I had never left any previous horror game. I had to stop playing Condemned too. I, I like I oh, couldn't yeah, finish yeah. it. Oh really? Yeah, wow. Okay. Really... I loved that game. I wrote a guide for that game. Really unsettling, <laughs> Condemned too. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, yes, it's they, those are on the list, and if we do one, we'll do the other for sure. If we can get through them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now this often happens with games. Sometimes, more often than not, it comes to nothing. But I thought we should mention, according to Wikipedia, in December 2017, a film adaptation with American production company Zero Gravity was announced. Whether that was going to involve Rutger Hauer or not, I don't <laughs> know. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, the first I've heard of it. Either way, uh, either way, I, it's probably one of the many IPs from gaming that will just sit there on a on a slate never to be actually made i don't i don't see this as being big or popular enough to support a film although you never know it's not always the biggest ones that that get made i'm not sure i'd particularly want to see yeah I, I, my my you know we've been bitten many times by video game film adaptations i imagine a a low quality blade runner knockoff and nobody needs that Although uh, the Love, Death, and Robots comparison is an interesting right? one yeah. because that's a that's a good like you know a fifteen minute version of this that's basically just like one jump into someone's head. I could see that yeah. being like a very interesting take. Hmm. Fair play. 
Okay, we also have a little clutch of three-word reviews. Follow us on Twitter at Kane and Rinse. Uh, great. So my friend Indie Bites says only Wolf Boy good. Fire Button Games says layers of cyberpunk. Jam Man Thirty Nine says perfect genre blending. The Pope for Moses <laughs> says uh, horrifying, immersive, transcendent. Pope for Moses loved it. Great. Well, I'm going to steal that from my summary. <laughs> wow. Uh, maybe you should go last then. Um, you can fight it out amongst yourselves. But I think uh, based on how we've spoken about the game so far, I think Jacob summarizes first. Yeah. So there is there is a lot I like about Observer. I think that um, the the setting, while not original, is incredibly well realized. And I think that the the uh, mental jumps into people's brains that you take are often incredibly creative and and interesting and well put together in a way that i really haven't seen those kinds of things done in games before but ultimately i just like i i don't think about observer when i stop playing it and it's interesting that we've compared it to soma so much because soma is a game that i think about probably once every three days like since i've played this and i said at the beginning that i i played observer last summer and when i started it again i couldn't remember any of it and at first that seemed inconceivable because the game starts so strong and has such kind of bold directions in in like how it depicts you know a, a mental state of a dying person but as it went on, everything just kind of mushed together, and the ending mm. really doesn't leave me with with anything to kind of ponder. And so I like, I really, I really respect what they're doing. I love the double A space. I think that, um, like one of our correspondents said, it feels like they're really close to making a a winner. You know, like a like a really solid game. And for me, Observer just isn't quite that thanks jacob i feel broadly similarly i did get quite a bit from the atmosphere i felt sucked in immediately to the world and and uh, i like the idea of the procedural stuff and the the cool retro future tech and the bio vision and the tech vision and going inside people's brains and all that stuff less keen on the concept of uh, fail state stealth sections and things like that but actually as far as they went i had a reasonably pulse pounding time with them some real audio visual flourishes in this game um and some ripe imagery uh even occasionally actually very occasionally there were some beautiful bits some really pretty bits so i think when you go inside you uh you kind of meet your son in the virtual space you're in that kind of golden area with the uh with looks like sort of uh, golden pine needles everywhere above you and, and water on the ground. I thought that was absolutely stunning and such a relief after the hours of trudging through this utterly depressing, half-demolished tenement building. But yeah, it's like gameplay-wise, it feels a bit scattershot and a bit unfocused and a bit like there were all these things that could have really gone somewhere interesting, but none of them quite did. It just about all hangs together. It feels it does feel mostly coherent to me, but I just felt like I wanted some more of the the really smart stuff uh, to come out of it. And and yeah, there's that um, 
slightly disappointing Rutger Hauer performance or, or yeah the way it's the way it comes across at least is before is disappointing to me that he sounds half interested a lot of the time it's kind of a shame it would have been it would have been really wonderful if he left us with uh with some you know something absolutely stellar from his uh, his body of work for for this but unfortunately it falls short um but yeah overall i have strong uh, well, it's one of those games that i came away with a strong sense of it without actually feeling like I'd had uh, any kind of sort of revelatory narrative-based experience or anything like that. So, yeah, cool. Shame about the Xbox issues. It'd be cool if you went back and fixed them, Bloober Team, and I'd play it again, maybe, if you did. Um, But, yeah, uh, recommended if you've got Game Pass, for sure, but I wouldn't necessarily just say take a punt at 23 quid or whatever it is on it. Uh, John? Hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like I, I totally understand where both of you guys are coming from with the uh, the idea that the, the most interesting stuff in this is front-loaded, and I very much had the same feeling, uh, but that's potentially down to the fact that I think by the time I'd gotten to the tattoo parlour, which is, it's it, I mean, it's your second, like, main quest, but by that point I'd done... Well, like worked my way around the entire apartment building. I'd knocked on all the doors. I'd done the side quests that I could do, and all of that stuff is still very, very good at that point. The the first um, like storyline guy who who you go into his head who dies during that that felt very cool and fresh at the time. The the woman who's merging with the young child was was a really interesting section, and having all of the like the weird little bits of dialogue with all of the various different people around the building that was all like very much built into probably the first four hours I played out of about 12 of it. And it, by the time you get through all of that, it does sort of get to the point where it's, I don't want to say it's, it's wearing a bit thin, but it just, in my mind, it gets a little bit too convoluted and a little bit too sort of, beyond itself to to make me that much more mm, like hooked into it i think by the time i got to the going into the mind of the beast guy i was i really don't want to say that i was over it but at that point it did feel like it was getting to that kind of outlast level of like sneaking around in the shadows and right. i i never got to anywhere near the stage where i was fed up with it or i disliked it but yeah, I mean, you're kind of right about it being it being very, very good at the beginning and then kind of going off the boil a little bit. Um, but that said, I mean, it's a it's a horror game. It's it's immersive. It's transcendent in some ways. <laughs> it's it's got some it's got some things about it that I've not. I You, you see some of this stuff in in like horrible dystopian future movies like uh, Cyberpunk Cyberpunk like Blade Runner and somebody mentioned um, Altered Carbon, which I really enjoyed that sort of horrible, but also kind of glittery future (laughs) um, outlook on things. And I I just, I, I, there's a big part of me that just wants more and more and more of that. And I guess (laughs) this is going to start getting really um, existential and terrible, but I guess part of that now I like seeing these things because I'm, I guess I'm a, I'm a defeatist 
And although the world and humanity might still be here in 2084, I'm definitely not going to be. And I'm never going to get to see any of this stuff. And I, whenever I see any of the media that's based around this, it's kind of like reaching out for something that is probably going to be beyond my grasp. And for whatever reason, you know, whether I'm just, maybe I'm just an idiot, but that really gets me. You've already seen cassette tapes, though. They're from this game. It has those, right? Yeah, no, I, I remember cassette tape. <laughs> cool. Uh, thanks, John. And, uh, well, you picked the game for this uh, year of Kane and Rince. What do you think of it, Tony? I will just be echoing everybody else's thoughts, I feel. Um, That's the only thing about going forth, isn't it? I'm sure yeah, you can Yeah, no, I, I do think um, aesthetically I absolutely fell, you know, for it. I, there's some really interesting uh, ideas of, of where it sees the world um, in the in the time frame, and you know that stuff I think is fascinating. I I spent way longer than I needed to, you know, d- you know, rooting around people's apartment because that's the bit that I, you know, I really enjoyed seeing, you know, how they they portrayed the world all but falling apart around these people and how these people survived in that world. Um, but I think there's absolutely, you know, no getting around the fact that I think it's a game of a collection of ideas that aren't fully formed. Um, it absolutely works, but I, yeah, I, it does run out of steam towards the back end of the game. I, I think, you know, even more so when you start laying out the story for a podcast and it, it really is convoluted and it, and it feels like a story that I have seen or read or uh, played through um, a number of times. So I don't think it's particularly original there. But I, I really think it has a a look and in some regards a feel that is you know it can it can call its own and yeah that's that's pretty rare in in this genre of games I think so for that I think it does a, a really good job and it, it does feel like they're they're close to perfecting something along the line because I I certainly wouldn't be one that probably play the new Layers Fear game because I'm not particularly into horror games but I I do like my if I aim to, to experience horror, I like it in a game like this. So something like Soma, which I think is has a lot more to say about humanity, and um, something like Nier Automa, which we took, we which we played, has a hell of a lot more to say about you humans and machines merging together and, and the psyche. And I don't think this ever gets there with its story, but I do think you know it's the, the visual storytelling that it lays out in front of the player is second to none. And you know for that, I I applaud it, even if it's not a game. I don't. I don't think it's a game I'm going to go back to to play again. Um, but it's a game that I will remember, you know, from a visual concept, and I, and hopefully others can can borrow stuff from that and, and move forward. And hopefully they can move forward as a development team and, and make something that combines many of their elements. Of clearly their team are, are incredibly talented, but they just need to kind of put it all together as as one whole. So yeah, I think for that, I think that's probably a wrap up of everybody's points anyway <laughs> so um yeah I, I i enjoyed it for what that's worth yeah. and, and you know what you can say within in the context of a game which you know is not really meant to be enjoyed i don't think yeah okay well as we jack out of your brains listener it remains for me leon to thank jacob john and tony as well as our correspondents editor jay and to you for listening if you've enjoyed this podcast 
Please do remember to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts from. Subscribe if you don't already for automatic downloads. But best of all, support us at patreon.com slash for just a dollar a month, 82p or something. You can get every Cana Rinse podcast a week earlier and more often than not extended beyond the two hours for the free-for-all version and that exclusive monthly podcast. Next time, in issue 382, Square Enix challenged certain sacred conventions for Final Fantasy XII, and we decide whether we think that gambit paid off.